Our first passage this morning will come from the book of Isaiah, the ninth chapter, verses 6 and 7. You'll find this on page 671 of your pew Bible. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Our second reading comes from John three sixteen, page 1030 in your pew Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. This is the word of the Lord. Reason number 97, I love this church. Do we not look out for our own? All i got to say is I've got a frog in my throat. And let's see. I've got, got two of these. Melinda, is it okay to put it on this table? Or? Okay. You know what? Here's a stool over here. I'm going to do that. That. Got two of these. Got one of these. Whoops. Oh, Melinda, is it okay if I spilled water all over the... <laughs> It's been nice working for you. Uh, and then two different people brought cough drops. I'm so grateful for this church. Uh, and then uh, Mark Hoggin, wonderful deacon. You know, we, we could have a Methodist revival just with that. Think about that. You get it? Because you just... Terribly sorry. And uh, making it worse. Okay. Uh, and i got to say one other thing. I know you're not supposed to single out people, but it was really neat to be at commencement uh, yesterday morning, and I'm wearing my robe with the hood and the colors. My dad used to call that walking in the peacock parade because you're showing your colors, but it was so neat, and and to go down the aisle and see uh, Tim and Julia Davis, and I forgot that Grace Ann graduated yesterday from Sanford. I was so proud of her. She's just an amazing daughter of this church. Whenever whenever, uh, we have a son or daughter of, of this church do something amazing like that, it's just great to great to single them out, and uh, it was just a wonderful thing. Uh, Let me say one other thing at the outset. Uh, Would love for you to make some kind of decision this morning and make it public, whether it be to accept Christ for the first time or to be baptized, uh, to make some other kind of commitment, uh, or to join this church and move your membership to this church. We would love that. You've got the tables up here, one of them damaged now, but uh, you've got these uh, handbell tables there. It's easy to get up here. I just want to assure you, if you make your way up, I'll be standing right here. You can arrive here, and then we're going to have you sit right over there away from the crowd, and you'll be in good shape. So I just want to let you know at the outset that it's very, very possible for you to come up and make some kind of decision this morning. I just want to make sure you were aware of that. Well, we're just easing into it this morning, but all I want for Christmas is... Based on Isaiah 9, 6, was read earlier. Based on the four wonderful, wonderful names of Jesus. Uh, Two weeks ago, we talked about Jesus as the wonderful counselor. We said, all I want for Christmas is guidance. Last week, we talked about Jesus as the mighty God who offers us what? Rescue, really, salvation. And uh, got a good response to that. And again, it really just boils down to that. It's your relationship with Christ that matters in the long run. This week... We talk about Jesus as everlasting Father. This is the most curious of the three in many ways. God's only Son being prophesied about some 700 years prior to his birth, being referred to here not as God's only Son, but as the everlasting, what again? Everlasting 
Father. And I'm so glad that Karen, in her reading at the lighting of the candle, talked about the Trinity and the triune God, because God is that way. Uh, uh, God can mysteriously uh, uh, reveal himself to us through all three of those facets, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and kind of in an intermingled way. It's just fascinating. There's a wonderful quote by Charles Haddon Spurgeon that I've asked Keith to read, and it's actually in your bulletin. If you look to the left of the order of worship, and I'd love for you to follow him as he reads it, I just think it's beautifully put, uh, what I'm talking about here, this marvelous, marvelous mystery. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, if you don't know, was pastor of the Metropolitan Church back in the 19th century over in London, the greatest preacher of his time. Wonderful preacher, theologian, and I just appreciate how he tries to uh, get at this reality of which I speak. So, Keith, could you read that? How complex is the person of our Lord Jesus Christ? Almost in the same breath, the prophet calls him a child and a counselor, a son, and the everlasting father. This is no contradiction, and to us, Scarcely a paradox, but it is a mighty marvel that he who was an infant should be at the same time be infinite. He who was the man of sorrows should also be God over all, blessed forever. And that he who is in the divine trinity always called the Son should nevertheless be called correctly the everlasting Father. Now think about that. Marvel about that. That speaks to the majesty, the holiness, the inscrutability, the mystery of who God is and how Jesus can be both at the same time. Last week we talked about Jesus who keeps everything, governs the order of the universe as we know it, in time and space as we know it, but he also governs that which is beyond time and space, the reality beyond time and space. And that's what makes it all so amazing. And he is the very way to that reality beyond this reality. So I want to take that step a little bit further. Now we talk about everlasting father here. And to be honest, most preachers will deal with the father end of it, that Jesus is our provider. He will provide us with what we need, and that's great. But I want to focus on the adjective rather than the noun this morning. Talking about everlasting, he is the everlasting father who offers us, yes, things that we need, providence, but more than that, he offers us eternity, everlasting life. And I want to talk more about that. Do you remember in Luke chapter 11, The disciples come to Jesus and say, Lord, teach us to, do you know the blank? Teach us to what? Pray. And Jesus offers what uh, Micah led us in just a few moments ago, the Lord's Prayer. But right after that in Luke 11, he offers these two strange analogies. I guess you can call them parables, but they're really more analogies. And he said, here's one thing I want to tell you. Let's say that you're uh, sleeping and it's midnight and somebody comes banging on your door asking for bread. Uh, because they have a guest in their home, and you say, hey, it's way, past, uh, uh, you know, it's way past bedtime, we're all in bed, leave us alone. And yet it says, because of the shameless audacity, that's how it says it in the NIV, because of the shameless audacity of the person who's knocking, eventually you'll give them all the bread that they need. Well, what's that bread that Jesus is talking about, by the way? What is that bread of which he speaks? Because then he goes on and says, knock, and it will be given to you. But what is the bread that's on the other side of that door? And then Jesus goes to this very curious analogy. And again, since uh, Keith is a designated reader, I've asked him to read this as well. What is that bread that Jesus says he will give us? Because there are a lot of things that we need. There are a lot of things that we want, might not need, but, but God supplies so many of these things. Jesus supplies so many of these things. But what is that bread ultimately? Keith, would you read that? 
You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Hey, (laughs) how much more will he give you what? Does it say all these things you need? No. He will give you, did you hear what he said? How much more will he give you the, did you hear it? Holy Spirit. That is the ultimate providence that Jesus the Son offers us, and he's offering us himself. Again, it's the triune God and all of those manifestations, all three of them, and that is what he offers to you and to me, that which is most important. How does Jesus say, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all, help me with it, all these things will be added unto you. Talking about eternity, the everlasting Father who offers us eternal life. Most importantly, offers us himself. And again, Jesus is the everlasting Father, everlasting. So I want us to talk more about the eternal part. But if you don't hear anything else I say, understand that eternal life is not just all about the future. It begins now. I tried to think of a way to, to, to connect that with the Advent story. The angels come to the shepherds before anybody else and said, Behold, I bring you, what is it, good tidings of what? Great joy which shall be to all people. Unto you this day is born in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Later on it says, Suddenly there was a heavenly host praising God and saying, Help me with it, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men is the way I remember uh, memorizing it. Glory to God in the highest, future eternity, and on earth peace, goodwill to men, present eternity. Let's talk about the future one first. We're all familiar with that. I love how the New Testament writers tried to point us to just how great heaven is going to be in the future. They did so with a lot of different images, and they struggled, I would think, even though they were God-inspired. You know, They were trying to say, it's going to be so good. It's all these different images and more. What are some of those images? Well... John calls it a home. In my father's house, there are many, what, rooms, right? And I go and prepare a place for you. I'll come back and get you, and you and me will be there forever. I've paraphrased it a bit, but that's what he says. It's also referred to as a city. If you go to Hebrews chapter 11 or all of Revelation, it depicts heaven as the holy city. And especially in Revelation, with this beautiful apocalyptic language, it tries to describe just how beautiful and serene and peaceful this place is going to be. And John's just trying to get at it with as vivid a language as we can convey on this side of reality. But it's going to be so much more than that. Uh, The book of Hebrews refers to it as rest. Go to Hebrews chapter 4. A rest remains for the people of God. Let us therefore enter that rest whenever we can. Heaven's also described as what? A garden, right? It all began with a garden. Garden of Eden. We messed up. You ever thought if they hadn't eaten the fruit, it would have been a real thin book. Think about that. You ever thought about that? But we ate of the fruit, we had to leave the garden, and we've been trying to get back to the garden ever since. And you go to the very last page of Scripture, Revelation 22. What is the last image you have in all of Scripture? A garden. And a garden that it says has no curse. What John is saying, we're going to get back there one day, and there will be no more curse. What else will there be? There will be victory. Again, mainly in Revelation, 1st, 2nd Thessalonians talks about this too. But there will be ultimate victory. Now we're talking pure victory, final victory. No victory that only sows the seeds of the next conflict, the next battle, the next war. No, final 
victory, pure victory. I think that's even hard for us to fathom, but all will be well at that point. And then finally, what about absence? The absence of what? Oh, gosh, go to Revelation 21. I think it begins at verse 4 where it talks about what? There will be no more what? Do you remember? Tears, no more pain, no more suffering, no more death, no more hurt, no more confusion. I mean, the list goes on. No more issues with money, no more issues with stress, no more issues with relationships. It's saying all that stuff is going to get wiped away. The absence of all that we have struggled with here. Does that not sound good to you? I mean, it sounds good to me. And then finally, then finally, the absence of time gets us back to that wonderful New Testament Greek word for eternity, eternitas, which means timelessness. And what I want to say is um, you and I can experience eternity even now in certain ways. I think as we worship together, as we do, have you ever just gotten a foretaste of heaven on a mission trip? How many of y'all have, you know, gone or done any kind of ministry and have you sensed God's presence there. Raise your hand. Yeah, I'm going to ask you. Please raise your hand. Okay. Uh, do you ever experience just it just in community with fellow believers? Well, I would think sure you do. There are wonderful ways down here you can experience a foretaste of eternity. It's those moments when time just seems to stop and not even be an issue. Have you ever had one of those, I guess we could call them mountaintop experiences, where something was so beautiful and wonderful that Time was not an issue. Have you ever had that? Raise your hand if you've had one of those. Just like time didn't exist at the moment. Well, one way I like to be reminded of it on an everyday basis is through laughter. Uh, you know, I even did my dissertation on humor, and Grady Nutt was my hero growing up, if y'all remember Grady. And, you know, humor's always been important to me. And think about the moment that you laugh, when you're actually convulsing in laughter. Let's do that together. <laughs> well, you did. <laughs> you actually did. Oh, that worked out well. Uh, the moment where you are actually convulsing in laughter, think about it. Nothing matters. Does that make sense? It, nothing matters. And it's just a beautiful foretaste of heaven, I think. And in that brief uh, blink of a moment where, where you're laughing, I think that's a foretaste of heaven when there's just peace and tranquility and goodness and wholeness and, yes, joy. Have you ever had one of those intense moments where time seemed to not exist? Can I... Can I can I tell you mine? Some of y'all have heard this, but can I tell you mine? Uh, it was in 1992. It was 8.02 in the morning, and I was in this waiting room at a hospital, and I had surgical garb on, and I found out later that all of it was on backwards. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I've got, a, I've got a Ph.D. And uh, it was all on backwards, and so some guy came in and disgustedly kind of, hey, you need to turn this around and everything. At uh, 8.02, this, this nurse busts through the double doors and says, uh, Mr. Barnett, it's time for the C-section. I'm like, okay, here we go. I walk across the hall and go into this very cold, frigid room. My dear wife is lying on this gurney-type thing with her head up here looking at me with the most drunken of smiles I've ever seen. Uh, she had been given the don't care uh, concoction. And the guy who gave it to her actually was standing there right beside me. Now, he was a former football coach who was huge, obviously played football as well. I remember the whole time I was in there, and it wasn't for very long, but he kept elbowing me saying, take pictures, Dad, take t- pictures, Dad. So every one of the pictures I took kind of has this look like, you know, wow, that baby's fast, you know. And uh, so he was kind of driving me crazy. And uh, Younger men in here, if you haven't been in a delivery room, at that moment, you're going to be the most use, useless human being on the planet. Can I just say that? True story, by the way, my brother John, on a side note, after my sister-in-law Jan had been in labor for 28 hours, 
was standing near her and then sat down in a chair and said, oh, my feet hurt. Don't do that, okay? A quarter inch further and he would have had no neck at that point. Uh, but I was even more useless. I'm standing there like, yeah, uh, okay, you know, take pictures. That, yeah, okay. Uh, how you doing, Dad? Uh, yeah, okay. And, you know, I'm just... <laughs> but then all of a sudden, I hear, it's a girl. And then I hear this raging scream of resentment. I mean, it was, it was nice and warm and, and dark in there, and all of a sudden, and I mean, there was this... Um, I felt even more useless and all the more frightened to death at that point. And this, this creature shows up and got the fist totally clenched shut and shaking, eyes clenched shut. Everything was shut down except the mouth, which was taking up most of the face, and just wide open. I'm like, I'm in trouble. Somebody please, you know, get me out of here. And they're like, it's a girl. And I'm like, yeah, it's a girl. It's a girl, Dad, Yeah. Are you excited, Dad? Yeah. They kept asking me questions. I just want to let them know, yeah, I'm barely here with you. Yeah, you, you, you excited, Dad? Yeah. I remember the one thing was, would you like to cut the cord, Dad? No, I would not. <laughs> I do remember that moment of clarity. Uh, but I'm just sitting there, and I'm, I really am. I'm getting kind of woozy and everything. <laughs> and then I heard somebody say, let's, let's take her to the weighing table. And I thought, I need to check this out. So I kind of, and I was kind of moved over there. I kind of, you know, here, Dad, somebody show, on my shoulders behind me, I'm over here. And I'm like, they were doing some other things, quick tests about it and everything. I remember putting my hand on that steel weighing table, and it was like a block of ice. It was already cold in there. This was like a block of ice. And I thought, I know what's going to happen here, and I'm standing right here. This is going to be really bad. And, of course, they placed her on there, and the decibel level tripled. Wow. And I'm just like, I mean, you could feel it in waves. You know what I mean? Wow. And I'm okay. And, and I'm not knowing what to do. Again, I am feeling more useless than ever in my lifetime. And the main nurse comes over, and I'll never forget, uh, if she was a Native American, her, her Native American name would be Hands on Hips. She looks at me like this, like I am indeed the lowest form of life, and I'm like, hi, you know. <laughs> and I, I've never felt more out of control. And, and she looks at me and says, well, do something, Dad. Goes stomping off, and I'm like, okay. And I don't, I don't ring my fingers often, but I was. I was like, oh, what, what? And then the only thing I could think of was to say to her what I had said to her so many evenings while she was still uh, slumbering in her mother's womb. And so I bent down, and I just said, Hannah Joy, Daddy loves you. And at that moment, big, deep breath. And then one more big, deep breath. And, and these little fingers started drumming the air. And then one more. And then eyes open for the first time, looking right at Daddy. And he was marked for life. I share this with my class. Did I see, uh, where did I see uh, one of my students? Where are you, Ferry? I just shared this recently in the class she was in. And I get the same reaction on college level. You can imagine all the girls like, oh, that's so good. All the guys are like, I'm not going into the delivery room, you know. (laughs) (laughs) You can just tell they have this hunted look like, oh, no. Uh, Celibate life. I'll be a monk, you know. Um, But I say all that to say, 
time, and thank you, Hannah. Hannah, it drives her crazy when I share this, but I've never been in a moment where time didn't exist. And, I, and I'm not, I, I really am serious. I don't know if it was 10 seconds where we were looking at one another or 10 minutes. It was somewhere in between, I'm quite convinced. It was not just a few seconds. But I just could not, I remember finally kind of coming out of that realizing, I don't know, at that moment time and space didn't exist for me. I'll never ever forget that. And, and finally they walked me out. And, and, but I remember thinking about that later you know, you could take most everything else I've experienced in life and, and compare it to that, and I'm thinking, it doesn't, doesn't come close. And yet, all the more, as I thought about all these New Testament writers trying to tell me, you see how great it's going to be? It's the familiarity and security of a home and an inheritance and peace, and you get back to the garden. It's this ultimate rest. It's this ultimate victory. It's the absence of all pain and everything. And in that moment, none of that existed for me. And I can't help but ponder how great it's going to be. For me, that was just a foretaste of what it was. And I discovered it in the form of the birth of a beautiful child. And the only thing I find more significant than that is another child that was born. And you talk about time not being an issue anymore. You talk about stressors of life not being an issue anymore. You talk about doubts not being an issue anymore. You talk about fear and pain and illness not being an issue anymore. And folks, we can experience and give praise to God for that eternity that we can experience even now. Is that not the greatest of gifts? How much more, he said to his disciples, how much more will he give you the Holy Spirit? Thanks be to God. Thanks be to Jesus, God's only Son and the everlasting Father. Let's pray together. You amaze us, O God. You amaze us. So we offer to you our adoration and our praise and our, <laughs> our feeling overwhelmed by not only your presence in our life, but, but your love, loving us enough to, to step down and be with us, again, to condescend down and be with us, to empty of yourself and come down and be with us, greatest greatest of gifts. Remind us that as everlasting Father, you give us eternity, and yes, we look forward to it, but we thank you for those moments even here and now when your Spirit touches us in that wonderful way. We find ourselves in one of those thin places like the Celtics, your followers called it, where, where heaven and earth are just such, it's such a paper-thin separation, and we experience your presence. We give you thanks for those moments. Lord, should we not because of the way that you gave that to us so lovingly, want to share that ever so lovingly with others who don't know it, who haven't experienced it, who haven't had that relationship with you that begins now but goes on for all time? Don't we want to take that to people so they will no longer be poor, so they will no longer have suffering in their lives, illness in their lives? So, Lord, we give you thanks, but again, challenge us to take 
eternity, which begins now to other people. Remind us we're not just saved from something, we're saved to something. And we can celebrate that even now. We pray these things in your name. Amen.